0: Welcome, everybody, to Beat the Shift Baseball. This is episode 94, Thursday, December 31st. Happy New Year's Eve, everybody. I'm Alex Uy, here today with Alex Rudy and Forbode Markazi. How are you guys doing? I'm
1: doing great. I'm doing less great, but still good. What?
2: Why are you doing less great?
1: Because I don't want to compete with you. You sound too <laughs>
2: trivial. I can't.
1: I'm not on your level.
2: See, this time I wasn't sarcastic,
1: Ooey. Uh I I don't know.
0: You still sound a little sarcastic to me. Uh but we're here. We're all just really happy that twenty twenty is gonna be over. Uh and and hopefully 2021's better. Uh that's it's got that's gotta be the cliche of the year, right? Hopefully twenty twenty one is better.
1: I've uh, heard that before. the best one I saw was uh twenty twenty hindsight. Ah, uh, yes. Hindsight is twenty twenty. I I butchered it. yes you did you did your
2: best big guy
1: um but but we're here we're
0: we're we're here to talk about baseball (laughs) we're here to talk about baseball in 2020 uh we will be doing like an end of the year recap pretty soon with all four of us um so be on the lookout for that if you're interested but today we're going to be talking about all the big news thank you padres for a for a wonderful late christmas present uh some some epic baseball news to talk about uh they dealt for for two Cy Young caliber starting pitchers straight up in the span of 24 hours so I, I can't remember the last time that's happened but we're gonna break it down everything that was being sent out from san diego and every and of course blake snell and you darvish who will be coming in we'll, we'll talk about how the padres stack up uh, in a pretty competitive NL west division uh, and there are some other small news bits some trades some some rumors that we'll we'll get into as well but let's start with the big news uh in kind of chronological order blake snell was traded to san diego for a bunch of slapdick prospects to use oh. blake snell's words of uh, yeah uh, uh. Uh, uh, uh. luis Patino, francisco mejia who's not a prospect but a uh at one time was a big catching prospect and two more prospects blake hunt And Cole Wilcox, it's not a bad haul for Tampa Bay, all things considered. But this is a team that just made it to the World Series and dealt their best pitcher, so we we know what the Rays are doing. But the question remains: Why? Why do the Rays have to do this?
2: I mean, realistically, for the Rays, even though Snell was their best pitcher, he was probably only providing them five, six innings of value every night, um, and he probably they, they wanted that prospect. That's how the raises have done it P- um, pitching, development, and um, trying to build it up, trade, and then they trade him away eventually.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think at the end of the day, it comes down to as soon as he signed that extension, you kind of knew that it was a ticking clock to get traded, even though it was a whopping three years, like 40 million left or something along those lines. That's you know, to the Rays, that's. You know, that's like twice as much. Um, and, you know, we can have the debate, you know, if we want of like, is that stinginess really justified? But then in a day, like, I mean, since they're owned by a billionaire, of course, but at the end of the day, like the Rays are the Rays and they've always done this. And I think what Farbode hit upon about the six innings or less is important to note. I mean, Blake Snow, I think, has this reputation because you want to say young, but he I don't think he's true he's not like a top five pitcher in baseball um he might be top 10 top 15 but I I don't think he's really in the conversation of best pitcher at this moment you know he's had a lot of injuries lately he as Farber mentioned he's not he's not exactly you know the guy you think is going to go complete game I mean that was you know an infamous situation in the World Series and then I just think lastly you know this hall was is legitimately a good hall I mean Luis Patino, very disappointing in the cameo of long relief this season, but he's only twenty years old, I believe. And I mean he is a top ten prospect in baseball. He's one of the best pitching prospects. He's twenty one. I mean I mean the you, other you know guys... you know
2: what the Rays can do with
1: pitching. Yeah.
2: So like you know what the Rays can do with pitching and they just landed, like really just said, a top ten prospect and some uh, other good guys, uh, like other solid (laughs) prospects um, to build their team out. Um, So it's not like the Rays are doing what the Rays do. But I do want to point out, I'm not just saying – I'm not saying Blake Snell only provides five, six innings of value because that's all he can do. I think he's a better pitcher than that. I think for what the – how the Rays run their team and how they – using analytics and whatever – Pull pull their pitchers early. Use their bullpen. Use the openers. I think his value might might have been a lot higher to other teams because he would have been able to go out and be that true ace, going six, seven, eight innings instead of basically having to look behind his back at the bullpen in the fourth, fifth, sixth innings. So it's less like they're about they're picking up more young value that they can turn into. At least 80 percent of what blake Snell is if not more for um trading a guy who only provides them solid, a solid five six innings at a time
0: mm-hmm. yeah blake Snell, one of those guys who was pretty clearly suppressed by the rays system and you can only speculate at what could this pitcher be if they were given a longer leash if they went further into games that's not to say that that um like he he did have high pitch counts and he you know you know often did um not look poised to go further but over the over the course of his entire career you, there's a lot of what ifs and now the what ifs are are just let's wait let's watch let's watch and see what he can do with a little more freedom than he had before because i i have a feeling that part of the reason the Padres were so interested in, in Snell, other than his his accolades, is they know he's a, still a super highly effective pitcher that still could have untapped potential because of how how limited the Rays were in in their usage with him. So you know you talk about I mean, you talk about him not being a top top like five pitcher, um, mostly because of volume, which matters. Could he be? He he has one of the best swinging strike rates in baseball over the last three years. Um, I can try to find that that stat. Um, to uh, he's playing. He's to gonna back be pitching up, in but...
2: Petco. He he's gonna be pitching in Petco. He has. I think the biggest thing, and you just hit it on there, Uwe, is that it's freedom. Uh, uh whether he has been injured might not have been the guy over the last like year and a half. He's still like you said, very effective. Very solid. He's only twenty-eight, about to go to a very large pitcher's park in a up-and-coming team. He's a place, uh, and I think it, it, like you said, also it's like now is the time to see because I think he can be a top-five, top-ten pitcher um, if given the freedom to go out and be that ace that he can be.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, listen, I'm not acting like the Padres lost the trade. I mean, they clearly. I think both teams won the trade in the context of what they consider a win uh exactly. i think the only real losers were, were Rays fans um which we can talk about more later if if we want um but we'll yeah so. I mean, you know is giving up patino for snell worth it and you know three other guys who you know he I, I mean you know, i'm sure the rays will make him a good platoon bat maybe he's, he's shown nothing really in baseball and he can't actually play catcher uh so yeah it's you do that trade 10, 10 times and you know the aggression of preller in this time as you know the rest of this podcast we'll get into in this time where there's it's clearly a buyer's market there's a lot of sellers uh it's really impressive and shows you that aggression and timing is really is really everything
2: mm-hmm. i think it also shows uh that preller and the podgers have learned because uh, if you remember, in 2015, they went out and got James Shields. They went, went out and got Matt Kemp, Tim Fedorowicz, Bull Justin Upton. Um, Craig Kimbrell. Rene Rivera, I think. Craig, Kim- Craig Kimbrell, yeah. Derek Norris, Brandon Maurer, um, like, uh, Brandon Morrow, <laughs> Josh Johnson, Will Middlebrooks. Uh, and yes, I have this up on my screen. <laughs> no, this remember is all for remember, memory, right? <laughs> uh, but i mean i guess like the highlight of that they they felt like at that point they were in a position to go go out and contend but then now they they stockpiled their farm system and are utilizing it to pick up these two side youngs that we're um, one we have we just talked about one we're going to probably and um and they they barely gave up like even their best uh prospects like Mackenzie gore is still there like he, that's that's incredible they this this from the on paper at least looks like this is the right time for the aggression that then they waited the right time they did the right things to be able to be aggressive this offseason mm-hmm. definitely i i wanted to circle back
0: real quick to blake snell since 2018 has the third highest swinging strike rate in baseball, really tied for second with Max Scherzer. Uh, Jacob DeGrom's at the top, but that's ahead of guys like Garrett Cole, Justin Verlander, Chris Sale. Like, he's, he's that caliber of swing and miss stuff. And it's it's evident at times. He's just absolutely dominant. And I, I'm excited to see it with, with a little more bulk uh, with those innings. So, yeah, the the timing is, is the big thing here with just how, how baseball's been trending and how the divisions have kind of i i don't know almost almost aligned themselves to uh to say a lot a lot of these teams are gonna wait we're gonna wait until after this cba you you know after this this stretch to to strike and we're gonna cut as much of our our salary as we can right now so let's let's talk you darvish you darvish was traded uh you know hours oh, hours after blake snell was traded and you know all this was probably working pretty hand in hand um but him and his personal catcher victor Caratini from the cubs go to san diego in exchange for zach davies and then four teenage prospects none of them are 20 years old yet um i, I don't even know uh, I, I i'm not gonna I, I don't need to list them all right because they first of all they're always away they're teenagers and second of all none of them were ranked in the top 10 of the padres um uh farm system rankings not not the mlb rankings the padres farm system farm system rankings
2: i think that's more of a testament to how good the padres farm system is that rather than the like the talent of these guys while you as a Cubs fan you probably want guys that aren't four, five, six years out or three to six years out um especially being teenagers who knows i i remember seeing this trade and then at, at first just kind of being like what the heck why why did like why couldn't the angels have match that you know um but at the same time i'm thinking well there's a chance in like six seven years we're gonna look back on this and being like the Padres really traded so and so, so and so, and so and so for um, you, you Darvish, and just set up the Cubs for the latter half of the of the the twenty twenties. Like that's a way you can look at that. But I mean, once again, mm. great pickup for the Padres. Really didn't do much to their front uh, to their farm system. Still have their top guys left. Um, and on the Cubs side, it's basically fire sale time. I I think. Uh, they're basically saying we had our run we won a championship let's uh we don't think we can win with these guys anymore we let's call it for 2021 2022 maybe 2023 maybe a little year, year after that too but let's try to get some pieces back for Darvish first he was the first one I mean next you could probably see um Bryant uh Baez maybe even maybe Rizzo uh, I'm I'm really interested in seeing how both of these teams go forward.
1: I mean, here's here's what I'll say. I think a second part of what you mentioned, I think with the Cubs is much m- much more to take away than the return. I think the return, you know, Reginald Presciato, Fangraphs had him ranked 15th before this last season. Um, he's 17 years old, so maybe you could argue after all these moves that the Padres have made in the past year, he really is a top 10 prospect for them. But Regardless of the rankings, I, you know like we alluded to, the guys are so young that I don't even know what the rankings would really tell you. And I think as much as you could say that they just got four potential All-Stars, they also pretty much got potentially four duds. I mean, they're all lottery tickets. And I yeah, think absolutely. It, it really just boils down to it's a salary dump. Uh, I mean, they even sent money back. I don't know if that's officially came out. How much for Darvish? And uh, how much? $3 million. This is an I insignificant so. amount. That's, the Padres basically that, pay all that's of it. About. But... You know, I think it's not – I don't actually – the thing if I was a Cubs fan, I'd be frustrated about. So, like, you know, the Rays fans, I think you can argue, like, well, is it really frustrating that they're, this is a team that was, you know, a couple of games away from winning it all, and they just traded away, like, you know, arguably the best pitcher? Yes, but they also clearly got a guy who could potentially be as good as that. It's not unreasonable to expect, and he could be, you know, a top rotation piece as soon as this season – so it's it's not like the window was tr- it's not like the direction of the team was dramatically changed. That that raised trade was a reload to stay competitive. It's very clear. This yeah. trade for the Cubs, it just makes no sense to me with the team they have. They're basically clearly means they're giving up on this current iteration being competitive. And that comes after, you know, really contentious arbitration with Chris Bryant to give him this extra year of team control. That comes with a team that you know when they won the World Series was billed as a dynasty potentially. And I don't know how much that was just the hype of like the Cubs finally winning again. But objectively, I think all of us thought this Cubs team was going to be some was going to be one at that time that was competing for future titles. And I have to That's say, awesome. I think if this is the end of them as a playoff contender, I really think it was a pretty disappointing run. I mean, it's hard to be disappointed in one worlds in winning a World Series for the first time in a hundred plus years. But past that one year, which granted makes it all worth it, um, so I guess disappointing is too strong of a word, but th- they rarely lived up to expectations, I feel like, except for that year, and you have to wonder why they even signed you Darvish in the first place if ownership had this little confidence. I mean, I guess that was for two seasons, I don't know, but the last thing I'll say about it is that it's, you know, I think we could have went down the Rays rant about the fan- their financial situation. But there's at least like some BS arguments to be made about like, a team that generally collects very low revenue already in these current economic climates you could make up some excuses they're kind of BS but what you can make them up the Cubs really have no excuse of any team in baseball if they're if they enemy cutting payroll because these circumstances I mean it's a really bad sign for baseball in my opinion I really think it's pretty unacceptable for a team as wealthy as them to have this outlook I mean you you can say all you want about the incompetency like the Mets and the Angels but they rarely make a move like this where they just dump salary because they get cheap
0: Mets and Mets and Angels fans nowhere is safe you're not safe anywhere we will find a way to talk about it
1: like that's a compliment though. those are teams in big markets that when they disappoint or fail they don't throw their fans under the bus essentially for their own incompetence you know i think that is meaningful
2: yes i think also i as a on a fans perspective other than just like the finances and that stuff as a rays fan i'm not an, i'm not a rays fan i'm not a cubs fan as a rays fan i would be bummed but i would understand like this is the rays this is how they've done it we saw it with james shields we saw it with david price um we saw it with i mean chris archer we see it now uh like As a race fan, I'd be like, man, that sucks, but this is how we do it. I trust in what's going on. As a Cubs fan, it's, yes, we won a World Series, but at the same time, it's kind of disappointing having to go back down to where we were before we beat that 108-year spell. But, I mean, going back to what you said, Rudy, is, like, we thought that they were going to be a Dynasty, but that was for, like, a plethora of reasons. Like, um, they... Chris Bryant won the MVP in his second year. Uh, he's he's young. He's still young. Uh, Anthony Rizzo, incredible player. Uh, Wilson Contreras came up, really young, really good catcher. Uh, and then they made some... Uh, and then, like, Ian Happ and Schwarber was really um, highly touted when he first came up. So, like, they had on offense the guys to go. Pitching-wise, I think they we might have overhyped their pitching... Not too bad, but also a little bit just because they did They did have, like, an aging John Lester. They had um, a Jake Arrieta who was really good with them, but, after, but kind of fell off a little bit afterwards. Um, Jose Quintana is a pretty average, above-average pitcher, but nothing, like, to be extremely proud of. So, like, we might have been a little short-sighted in calling them, like, oh, man, this could be the next dynasty. But at the same time, it's pretty damn disappointing as a f- fan of baseball, not even a Cubs fan, look at the scene and all the excitement and then like the go cubs go song that they played that was just that that like that was baseball to me and seeing them just throw waving the white flag and going on this fire sale is pretty damn disappointing
1: i mean you know in their defense 2017-2018 after the world series they won 92 and 95 games and they made trades like the quintana move and Cole hamill's move that were about winning and you know you can't just keep on winning forever and there is a time that you have to accept the reality and rebuild and considering without Darvish the rotation now looks like Kyle Hendricks, Zach Davies, Alec Mills, Adbert, I'm sorry I can't pronounce that. That was pretty close that's pretty good. Um, And Colin Ray I mean clearly play devil's advocate my own argument this was a team that wasn't like particularly close going to I mean even, and even a weak NL Central like this was clearly a very flawed. No, team. absolutely not. Yeah. I mm-hmm. think I think the I think though the thing you have to be frustrated is about, which I think you're getting at too far, bro, is that like, well they also stopped investing at a certain point, I think. And you see like the yeah. Dodgers and the Yankees, which I think the Cubs should be comparable to in in on paper financially, or they're you know, they when they reach this these points where they've kind of reached the end of the cycle, they usually invest, um, I feel like, to make it to, to, to bridge that gap, whereas the Cubs seem to be going this direction that the Red Sox just took with the Mookie Betts trade, where the ownership is not going to basically kind of loan that in-between period to the team's competitiveness to keep it in contention uh, while while there's a quick overhaul of the roster. And I, I the, the offense didn't when I mean you if you have Baez, Rizzo and Bryant, you, you can you can never be that far away from a competitive lineup by itself, right? So
2: Yeah. I think a lot of it also I mean you mentioned some of those pitchers. I, I wouldn't be surprised if we see Quintana or uh Hendricks getting dealt in the next however many months, maybe at the trade deadline, maybe now. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised. I think like all the hitters other than maybe Jason Hayward because of his contract could be uh like could be open and available for the right package too so like it, it they did stop investing and at some point it it just got it, it, it like like i i'm going back to what i said before it's just disappointing as a baseball fan because when the cubs won the world series other than indians fans i don't think Many people were kind of upset or like hating or anything. I think, like, man, this is great for baseball. This is really fun watching them have that fun, watching Chicago be light up so much. That was really good for baseball, and that was really fun to see. It was a really good group of guys together overall.
1: So, my last thing about this, and we can move on. I'm curious if and sorry if you had anything else to add, but you do have to kind of wonder what who's winning the nl central next year that's a good question (laughs) i i i don't think i've spoken in
0: like five five minutes at least i've I've been i've been just listening but listening to a lot of this i'm gonna be honest it's really dramatic some of the some of the language you guys are using about how disappointing the cubs are because this was not a a sharp decline this was a decline that you could see coming and yes they were touted as a dynasty at that time and rightfully so just based on I the think, quality of the roster there were a yeah. lot of injuries when your mvp can't perform
1: like an mvp that's a problem um that, I, that's I think that's a clear Farber problem say that it, it's just you're 100 right objectively but i think yeah. the media spun it that they were probably going to be something that they it was unrealistic for them to live up to i think what me and we were trying to get at is that they unfortunately couldn't accomplish like a howdy howdy lofty expectation that the media really set for them yeah that well in, it's, a, in a sport like baseball where the competitive balance is so high like it was pretty unrealistic to it's that. it's always I mean, about also,
0: potential it's the potential they yeah. had the potential you have to be smart and you have to be lucky but mostly you have to be lucky they weren't lucky they yeah. they had a lot of bad luck the guys that they traded away to build to to, to like you said be competitive and remain competitive who knows what that team could have looked like had they somehow managed to keep guys like Gleyber Torres or Eloy Jimenez or um, any any number of guys that they they the, like moves they made along the way that seemed okay at the time and it just didn't work out it that happens a lot things just don't work out I think it was time for them to retool the, and like you said the one weird thing about this is the fact that okay why now just because the NL Central is as weak right. as it's ever been and right and, you know, the timing of their individual uh, team progression maybe said, okay, this is the smart thing to do here. But if you just look outside your window and be like, hey, you know what? We can take this with, like, 92 wins. Um, sh- should we do that? Should we just keep it together and, and see what happens? Maybe they should have. Uh, <laughs> that's that's the one head scratcher. Exactly. But it's so <laughs> it's so overly dramatic to be like, this, this great Cubs dynasty is dead. Like, the dynasty was talked about as 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 a prospect as this this group this young core that they have could be something great it didn't end up being something great it doesn't mean they flopped
2: no absolutely. no i i i think as a it, i'm more so saying it's like it, as a cubs fan as a baseball fan like i'm just disappointed like that fun is already over when maybe like it was the media maybe it was whatever maybe i was overhyping them myself that thinking, man, this team's just gonna be a really fun, just great for baseball. And I mean, at Wrigley Field, that's awesome. Um, maybe like that's as a baseball fan to me, that's just more disappointing. As a Cubs fan, I would think I would be disappointed just the s- stopping to invest highly into making finding ways to like keeping them going. And yes, they got unlucky. Yes, they had injuries. Yes, some trades worked out. Some trades didn't. But still, I mean, that's mm-hmm. where I'm coming about disappointing, not the fact that they went through, like, the the normal, like, trials and tribulations of baseball with the injuries and uh, and luck and unluckiness. Mm-hmm. And, and one last thing, even
0: if you're talking about a conservative rebuilding cycle, trading away your, I, I believe Darvish will be 35 uh, next year, trading away your 35-year-old... Uh, Large contract starting pitcher is probably the the natural place to start if you're trying to to retool your your roster, and it's it's pretty clear that's the first domino. And though. yeah, but that doesn't mean they're cleaning house. That there's a lot of assumptions that are being made. You know, talking about Chris Bryant or, or any of these other guys. Um, that the Cubs are still a a big market and pretty well respected team. I don't see them going full tank i could be wrong but i think it's way overblown to be saying oh they traded darvish here here it goes here like it's it's all happening now the cubs are tanking um let's let's hold on a sec let's let's relax there's a lot of offseason left all right should we should we move on from the cubs yes okay but i don't uh, want to
2: really was about the padres huh <laughs> huh
0: <laughs> Oh yeah, that segment
2: was actually about the Padres.
0: Well, we can it's... still talk about the Padres because they they do a lot of stuff that we haven't even talked about yet, or they did a lot of stuff. Um, I they are talking about right now with
1: Ha Seong Kim. Seamless, is that close? seamless. I, yeah, it was good. Yeah, nice, nice. Well, I'll, I'll just take it from there then. Sorry to steal your thunder, but uh, I really like. I think that we were talking about this a little bit before the podcast. You know, four years, twenty-five million. Um, the dude was absolutely excellent in the KBO this past season. 306, 397, 523 line with 30 home runs, more walks and strikeouts, 56 stolen bases, and 62 tries. Like, it's about as good as you can expect anyone to be in a foreign, you know, competitive league. And am for that deal. I mean, yeah, I think that's like a, you know, I'm surprised not more a competition, honestly, for that bargain. I think that's, you know, even if he totally, fails which given uh the history of you know players coming from uh japan and korea to america especially like the hitters like you know very few of them have ever ever truly blossomed like all-star caliber hitters and i I doubt he'll be this good but that's like a i feel like that's a risk that you should definitely take um he for sure you know all the projections i see from fan graphs show him as at least to be like a three and a half win player which that's pretty outstanding for that contract. And uh, I think we were talking about before, that probably means Cronenworth will play in left for Profar, which is an upgrade also. And uh, I think this move is going to be the... I'm going to call it now. It might be the underrated move of the offseason for them. So...
2: I see that. uh uh huh You
1: know, and and I don't know how much you guys have to add, because obviously none of us are, like, KBO devotees. So maybe we could transition to, like, so with all these moves together and you know I'm sure the Dodgers will respond there's rumors of Lemehu which I don't know where the Lemehu even play for them but anyways
2: can I add one last thing on this yeah. um I think I I personally went back and forth on this as I do with a number of well, whenever a KBO athlete comes to um, play in the MLB but I like we talked about this before I don't he's not going to be a what A 300 hitter, 30 home runs, walks more than he strikes out, but that is a really good foundation against the competition he's facing. There, and it's not that he's facing terrible competition. It's obviously less talented than he's going to face in the MLB. But for that money, and for what they could have probably gotten in an i in a very similar value player, um, they they would have probably have to pay a similar value player. As an MLB free agent, more than they had to pay him, pretty good signing. I mean, fits fits right in there too. So, I I'm I'm actually a fan of this.
1: I also think that like the the level of competition with the KBO and uh, the Japanese Japanese league, um, the Nippon the NPB, excuse me, is definitely higher than I ever remembered before. Now, especially absolutely with a lot of guys this season played there that were like kind of quadruple A level guys because of the uncertainty of the MLB. I think the competition in those leagues truly are like yes yeah, a tier below the MLB, but like clear quadruple A and this might have been like the best those teams have ever been because of the circumstances. So I mean I, there's no reason that you can't look at those numbers. You know, if you was a triple A player and you'd say, well you know those are pretty outstanding numbers let's you know let's give him this shot of this arbitration level money essentially and i think when you look at it in that context you know not to overly speak highly of it he could totally bust but it's hard to you know he's 25 years old it's hard to see any downside really
0: absolutely Mm -hmm. yeah not not so risky not so risky that's all i have to say um the padres though you know this is like you said this is just one small drop in the bucket for them with everything they've been doing uh as you remember earlier this year they made the the mike clevenger splash too so that rotation in 2022 after he uh returns from tommy john surgery which was pretty unfortunate um does seem pretty scary and there are still questions about denelson lamette too who had some some lingering and difficult or ambiguous injury uh problems in the playoffs uh didn't end up pitching at all and um and you know there there hasn't been a whole lot of news since then like throughout the offseason they say they're just kind of like yeah everything's progressing good like the you know we're seeing progress but um maybe some eyebrows to be raised if they are being this aggressive on the the trade market for starting pitchers uh, as far as limit goes and then the the incredibly stacked farm system that we talked about as well, um, with Mackenzie Gore and uh, Adrian Morajon who pitched out of the pen last year but will likely have some some starting opportunities this upcoming season, um, as well as oh uh, what uh, what is his first name the the Weathers is the the prospect does anybody remember his first name Ryan Weathers Ryan Weathers Ryan. Um, another he's a little bit younger I believe but is um, is also there and like locked and loaded. Uh, there's a lot of potential. So
1: I guess, I, mean, I guess, so I guess, so I guess in 2018, sorry to interrupt. So like, mm-hmm. yeah, just to give context, like, yes, like, yes, that's um, just a random guy I think it's, the farm system. That's how good the farm system still is. <laughs> it is
0: loaded. Uh, so I, the natural I, question I, is, do they, do they sign Trevor Bauer? That's, that's the question that comes with all of all this. <laughs>
2: hey, don't do that to me. Um yes. But <laughs> they do? Yes, they do. Dude, I how fun would that team be? How fun would those vlogs be? <laughs> I'm just doing that purely as a selfish baseball fan. Um, but yes. Uh I, I don't think they're going to. I think their rotation has the depth it needs with the farm system to Yeah, I mean
1: it still has paddock um, and New Chessie on the back Yeah. End. Yeah, I think
2: start. yeah is, is Chris Paddock going to be the best number five starter in the in the league next year? Like that, he's he, that's just going to be fair. I, I don't think they're going to sign um, Trevor Bauer. I think, um, I mean, they just went out and traded for two, like we said, two Cy Young caliber starting pitchers. They have Mike Clevenger coming back from injury next year. I mean, the twenty twenty two they have the farm system like Uwe mentioned i i i think bowers out of the question but man it's this is going to be fun to watch
1: Mm. i mean the the other thing too that and i want to i want to see what you guys think you know give me you have to give me a pick them or the dodgers I, i i think before 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 you do though. i mean just to go over the rest of the roster really quickly i mean i remember when we previewed this season Uwe, you know rightfully so uh was always talking about how the strength of the Padres back then was, was its bullpen. And, you know, a lot of that still remains in play. And of course, anyone who hasn't made this rotation, you know, will end up a weapon in that area of the team. So that's just a whole, you know, and that's a part of the team too. If for any reason they need to strengthen, they still have the farm system depth to do so really easily. They could still sign some free agents. You know, they still haven't spent actually a lot of money uh, in the free agency yet. I mean, the Darvish contract kind of counts as one. but and you know, the lineup, you know, Fam, Grisham, Myers, Kim now, Cronworth, Tatis, Machado, Hosmer, you know. Interesting Nola, or interesting and, order of listing there. I'm <laughs> just under- <laughs> listing names. There was no order of importance or position.
2: Cronenworth. But,
1: uh I said Cronenworth, but yes, he's worth you know, we've talked a lot thought, talked a lot about Cronworth tonight. He's really getting his due. I like it. But uh, I, you know, is that team better than the Dodgers? Is it as good? Is it are the Dodgers still ahead? Assuming no more moves are made, which obviously will be inaccurate soon enough.
0: Yeah, I feel uh, you know sometimes it's it's so easy to get caught up in the news and everything, and sometimes you just have to step back yeah. and remind yourselves that the Dodgers have uh, have Mookie Betts, Cody Bellinger, Corey Seager leading the way, as well as a just completely stacked in and well-oiled rest of their lineup and starting rotation and everything else like they are so polished and you know especially since they just decided to add Mookie Betts that which was just uh, the same situation as what happened right now it feels like you know taking advantage of of this buyer's market and they just could could send the best package and and just take Mookie Betts off the Red Sox hands for for whatever reason they wanted to trade them and I think the, the moral of the story here is if you are a team that hopes to contend, all you got to do is ask, right? Ask, ask ask, for the player you want because you might you might just get them. That's, that's what it seems like. I
2: think... I, I mean, I think... I mean, going back to what you were saying about how it's really fun to get... It's really fun to talk about what the Padres are doing. It's really fun to um, speculate on how good they can be. But... The Dodgers aren't, like, your typical team that's been, like, the top three teams in baseball for the last five, six years, getting older and on the decline. They have they have probably just as good a farm just maybe a little worse, maybe a little better, depending on how you look at it, um, as the Padres. They have as good, if not better, prospects coming up. I mean, like, Gavin Lux is there, Will Smith's there, um, and that's not even mentioning bellinger and Betts and see you like you mentioned like walker bueller uh who am i missing like dustin may i i think the dodgers are still a level ahead of the mm-hmm. padres but um not that level's not too far off
0: yeah you hear that you hear that ray we're we're on your side for for the time being we like the padres but we're not we're not going too crazy here Um, uh, so yeah I i think that's that's most of it. There's a couple other small bits of news that happened. Uh, the Rays also traded Jose Alvarado away in a in a weird three team trade where the the Phillies received Alvarado from, from the Rays and the Dodgers got a lefty reliever from the Phillies, and then the Rays got an infield prospect from the Dodgers. So is it seems like a where very are
2: the Padres in this? And it, yeah, I know, Bullies right? Is that allowed?
0: To leave the Padres. The Ways out of it. also
2: got a potential
1: future MVP and player to be named later, so don't don't underrate him. I heard I heard good things.
0: Mm, I have also heard good things. I I left that out. And also, I, I thought it was funny that people are saying the Dodgers got their their Clevenger because the lefty that they traded for is Garrett
1: Clevenger with an extra A in there. <laughs> so you, the other part of this I thought I found amusing with people were saying the Rays just used up all of Alvarado's arm by over-abusing him as a reliever and then just traded him, which I think is 100% going to happen. (laughs) going to be what that just happened. That just seems too logical and too Rays-esque to not be true. And the Phillies have no... Like, very little evidence of them making successful relief reliever moves in recent memory. So, yeah, we'll see. I mean, I don't think anyone in this trade is really a game-changer, but it's just kind of interesting... You know, if Jose Alvarado ends up missing all of next year for a torn mood cuff I mean, I think we all know who who's responsible for that. Oh, of course.
0: Um and Not then I'm wishing that on him. Yeah. And then the last little nugget, which might be a little more than a nugget, is Josh Bell getting traded to the Nationals. Um they they needed a first baseman. Howie Kendrick retired. I don't know if we had mentioned that in the podcast, but a great career yeah, for him and Pulling one out. of the one of the most legendary home runs of of this generation of baseball for sure to definitely a, one of those like the most guys
2: yeah i went i texted this in our group chat i don't know like he was on the same level as ichiro but there's very few guys like ichiro out there who i don't think anyone in the league can say they hated or like strongly disliked he he was very likable he he showed up did his job and went home like uh, it's very good at a very reliable too. So. Yes. Uh so
0: great career for howie kendrick, but Josh Bell to the Nationals, that's a pretty darn good replacement and a really good buy low candidate. If you if you look at his down half season that he that he had in 2020 there. Um there's so there was a lot of potential there. He he broke out in 2019. Um I'm excited to see it myself. But yeah, on that note, I think we've talked about everything we wanted to talk about. A lot of news all at once. I hope we don't get another big break from from anything happening. Uh, I know Trevor Bauer is going to draw out his free agency as long as he can, just to to improve his relevance in his in his media uh, empire that he's trying to build. So
2: to keep Mets and Angels fans. Confirmed. Continuously tweeting at each other, Bauer to Anaheim, yeah. Bauer to Queens. He has to stay trending.
1: He has to stay trending, and I can respect it. So, last thing I'll just say to everyone: this is probably your last chance to buy stock on or seat on the Padres bandwagon because you can already feel it. They're gonna be everyone's like second favorite team. So, uh, it's amazing. It's amazing the goodwill you can uh, garner with baseball fans by just trying. It's, it's incredible. Just by trying to be good. Yeah. The, 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 think, the reaction is just was just is just incredible. So I I tip my cap to the ownership group of the Padres for for doing what for being interested in what the whole point of professional sports are. Yeah, so you know what?
2: it's not yeah it's not even a fact that like they tried. It, like people are a people are going to want to be fans of theirs, and I will too. I will be right there with them because of how bad they've been in the past mm-hmm. and how good this is and how like uniforms and everything and the fact that they're in the same division as the Dodgers so that's just gonna be a lot of fun to watch those uh, them face off the 18-19 times they do every year
0: mm-hmm. definitely gonna be fun to watch uh but yeah we are still just halfway through the off season essentially so uh we'll be back in the new year hopefully with some new stuff uh appreciate Anybody who's made it this long, thank you for listening. If you did enjoy, make sure to rate and comment and subscribe to our podcast, all that good stuff. And uh, check out our website beattheShiftBaseball.com. Podcast articles, everything's there. And uh, connect with us on social media too. We wanna we wanna hear from you. If you listen, if you have opinions or or thoughts, or just wanna say hi, beat the shift baseball BP at beat the shift baseball BP. That's how uh, social media works. Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram as well. So, yeah, Happy New Year, everybody. And uh, we'll be back soon. As always, Farbode. Peace.